This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLegaJet1. We're going to talk about the latest news, including, I'm calling it Tacklegate, <laughs> involving Jamal Adams and the Patriots mascot at the Pro Bowl. We're going to get into that and a whole lot more, including some questions with Chris Nimbley who covers the Jets for JetsInsider.com and now actually owns the site. So now I'm going to refer to him as a very big deal. He was a big deal before, but now he's been upgraded to a very big deal. What's going on, Chris? Not much. I, I, I like that. I, I, I will take that. I like being a very big deal. That, that, that's nice. I think we should make up shirts that say Chris Nimbley and underneath it just says very big deal. Let's get it yeah, going on JetsInsider.com. I think we need to get this oh, merch going. All right. <laughs> but let's get to the reason why you are a very big deal and that's your insights your knowledge and of course the fact that you cover the jets on the beat you've been one of the better ones at doing that and so you were not one of the people that was on social media yesterday yelling and screaming about how jamal adams was a bully or he was going to jail or he was getting sued and so on and so forth I thought it was hilarious because you had huge names. Everybody from Skip Bayless to Mike Francesa, blue check marks on Twitter, telling you all these things about Jamal Adams being a bully and how he's going to get thrown in jail for assault. Francesa saying that he's getting sued, all these other things. And, of course, it turned out the whole thing was nonsense. The tackle was a play tackle. He didn't actually hurt the guy when he came out and said that he broke his ribs or whatever and sent him to the hospital. That was all a gag. It was to get attention for the game. Jamal Adams is basically a pro wrestler with the way that he was doing that. And that's why I was joking with Paulie Brzez, who's one of the co-hosts that turned the Jets digital for What's Your Point, that more people need to watch wrestling so they understand the difference between a work and what's reality. But that's what happened. So Jamal Adams basically trolled a whole bunch of legitimate sports media into believing that he beat up this poor defenseless mascot and in reality it's a nothing story you would think that by now people would learn that instead of jumping the gun and going off on these things on social media right away they might want to wait a little while like you did chris and get the full story and see what's really going on but unfortunately everybody stepped into this trap so why is it that you chris did not step into this trap well uh, one of the reasons, the main reasons, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I know Jamal really well on like a personal level, but I do know him fairly well as his personality, the type of character he is. And that is Jamal Adams. He is always like that all the time. He is a serious and intense person and a big, lovable goofball at the same exact time. Like, he is always cracking jokes, playing around but he's still sitting there putting in the work at the same time. And, you know, I know a lot of people uh, react different ways to Jamal, and I know some Jets fans even are put off by his personality. And I can get that to an extent because I've met people in life that act similar to Jamal, and I'm just like, I don't know. The thing with Jamal is everything with him is so authentic and it's so genuine, and that's just who he is. He is a big, lovable goofball. He is playful and silly, and he does this type of stuff. So, like, I've seen him run around the practice field and do exactly what he did to the mascot countless times. I've seen him do that in the locker room a bunch of times. It was, like, it was hilarious, and I laughed at it, but I was also like, yeah, that's Jamal. It's just another day that ends in a Y for Jamal. And the other part of the reason was, 
you know, I sat there and uh, so I watched that and I didn't think anybody was going to make any type of big deal about it. And I was just like, all right, I'm just going to take a walk away, come back and see uh, what the jokes are. And I came back and I saw it's assault. You've been thrown in jail, put him under the jail, death penalty, <laughs> shoot him out of the league. And I'm just like, oh my God, first off, what, is, what are you talking about? Like, and maybe I'm partly influenced by knowing the ball as well as I do, but like, it was obvious it was all playful with him. And with everything, like, like you were talking about, it's, you don't have to have watched wrestling. Just watch a movie because you can see the way he jumps up. He completely is off the ground. That was there was no ill intent there. It was obvious a joke. You can see the mascot turn around right at the end. Then there's the clip, uh, another clip later of the mascot tackling him. This is obviously a very big hilarious show, and everyone just wanted to run with it. And you know. Patch fans are going nuts. You got Patch reporters sitting there being like, "This is assault and disgusting." And call it's like, just stop, man. Tomorrow is always someone who's trying to have fun, and even if you don't see it, I promise you, he's not trying. He's he's not doing this stuff without other people aware. It's, it's just fun. Why can't people have fun? I just don't understand how nobody realized that this wasn't real. How yeah, did I, people go around on social media acting like this was some sort of assault? It was so obvious that it was not real, and it was so obvious when Jamal was talking that he was working an angle, as they would say in pro wrestling, right? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I can tell that when Jamal is doing his playing his character up, it's exactly what he was doing. And it, it was obvious. Every single part of it is blatant and obvious. It was right out of a TV script. It was all over the top on purpose. And I feel like it was. they were like, we're going to do this over the top on purpose. So everyone realizes this is a big, giant joke. But, of course, because people don't want ever want to have fun and everything has to be litigious and let's... Uh, hit him with assault charges everyone ran with it like oh my god Paul Adams is a horrible disgusting person now while sports can bring us so much joy it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate relax and get decent sleep Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill they operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
I just think it's hilarious that people like Skip Bayless and Mike Francesa were opining about this with Francesa saying, you could take it to the bank. He's going to get sued. I guarantee that we are going to hear Mike Francesa when he's called on this say, I never actually said that, folks, okay? I never said it, okay? Yeah. That, <laughs> that, yeah. That's what's going to happen like it always does with Mike Francesa. So looking forward to the denial of something that I'm sure somebody has actual tape evidence of at this point. But let's move on from Jamal Adams and this silliness to more silliness, which is these new uniforms. There have been all these images circulating online. Who knows what's real and what isn't? I still have no idea why people get so excited about uniforms to me. I don't care what the uniforms look like as long as the team is good, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. What are you hearing about these uniforms? Is there going to be an announcement at any point? And do you think that this stuff on social media is being leaked to throw people off? What do you think's going on with this? Is it legit? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. And uh, to be honest, this is something that I've uh, looked into because I'm like you. I don't get the hype and the, everyone going nuts about uniforms. To me, there's uniforms, like, as long as it's not horrible looking. Like, right. That's all. It's be like, just don't be horrible looking. Don't be something that, like, a fan would be like, I'm embarrassed to put that on. Like, just don't be awful. Don't be the Steelers throwbacks or, like, the Packers throwbacks. Don't be something like that. That's it. Um, I think, but I think there's a lot of you know, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff you're seeing is coming from Reddit, which, you know, I know obviously Reddit will disclose some stuff on there, but there's also people who just do their own edits and then post that stuff up there. So who knows what, uh, with a lot of it. But uh, I do think that, I do know that, you know, the Jets are, are very invested in this. They're going to do a big rollout and they're going to make it into a big thing and announcement. And, you know, it's hard to tell if, you know, what we, some of the things we've seen, one of them or some of them could be absolutely correct. But the Jets are going to try to make a big uh, thing about this and roll it out. And my guess would be that they'll probably do it, like, you know, leading up to the draft, probably have it ready for draft night for whoever they take. And that first round, we'll get to have the, the new fresh jersey up there to use. But, um, you know... People are going nuts looking into it, and uh, all right, but don't drive yourself too crazy with all these edits. You, they're going to roll it out. They're going to make the announcement, and save save your excitement or your outrage for that moment. Or save your outrage for what's going on with the coaching staff, if you like, because there have been some new additions to the coaching staff, including Dowell Loggins. I talked about this with Daryl Slater the other day when it looked like it was going to be a done deal. Now it is. And there have been some other additions that have been Gase loyalists as they've been termed. Now, Chris, what can you tell me about these guys? And do you think it's valid to say that Gase is making a mistake like he did in Miami surrounding himself with these guys? Because it seems to me personally that you want to surround yourself with people that are going to up your game, not necessarily just kind of keep you where you are. But am I mistaken about the reputations about these guys? Because that's what you hear about them. Obviously, you can only know so much about assistant coaches. But what is your take on the whole thing? Yeah, you know, if you ask me to judge them individually, like there's not much I can say and give give on it. But at just like you're saying, it, a coach, especially one that hasn't been successful yet, uh, you know, he he obviously had his huge 
successful year with Peyton Manning in Denver, but not as a head coach. And uh, when you go from place to place and you keep bringing the same people with you, that that worries me. That makes me you're more concerned about you being comfortable and instead of somebody who will push you, somebody who you know maybe you just want yes men around. I don't know that that's the case with this, but that's kind of what it feels like. Someone you're more comfortable with instead of somebody that will push you. Maybe they I don't you know how well their offensive philosophies line up. And you want some overlapping similarities there, but I'd want somebody who also has some different philosophies when we're putting together the game plan. Somebody who can look at things from a different perspective, a different angle. I don't want someone who's just going to parrot what I think. That's not going to help you in any way. So when you go from place to place, you keep reaching out to the same people, I don't see how you grow that way. Even if everything is good, I still don't grow that way. You're not getting anyone to challenge you, to offer new perspectives, to offer new thinkings. And then, like, you know, Carl Durrell did an excellent job with the wide receivers coach as the wide receivers coach here. So I know Jets fans weren't happy about him being let go, and I understand that. And, uh, you know, obviously, Gase let uh, Brant Boyer stay here to head up the special teams. But, why couldn't he sit there and be like, okay, maybe he'll bring Doral here and let him stay with that. And maybe he has a good legitimate reason for that. But it seems he's just bringing his friends along with him, the ones that he's comfortable with, and that would concern me. Is it weird to you at all, Chris, that people seem to be taking this attitude with Gase's coaching hires that none of them really matter because it's Gase's offense, and so anybody that is an assistant coach, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is just a Gase puppet, and so who the hell cares who's holding the clipboard for him? That seems like a strange thought process, especially for a lot of people who are so angry about Casey Rogers being that it was Todd Bowles' defense and Rogers was a defensive coordinator. I just don't understand this mentality that it doesn't matter who Gase hires because it's all about him anyway. If that's the case, then why even hire assistant coaches, right? It's, well, that's what I was just about to say. It's mind-boggling because if that's the case, then why does any team have assistant coaches? Why are there coordinators? Why do the Patriots have them? It's all Belichick, right? It's all Belichick. So why does he ever bother hiring assistant coaches? Is he only hiring them so they can get a job somewhere else as a head coach now? Like, is that the only reason he hires them? No, of course not. Assistant coaches contribute to the game plans. They contribute to coaching the players individually. Dow Loggins is the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Dow Loggins is going to be spending more time with Sam Darnold than anybody else. He's going to be spending more time with Sam Darnold than even Adam Gase because Adam Gase is going to have to spend time with all 53 players on the active roster and the practice squad guys. And he's going to have to be dealing with the other coaches. Dow Loggins is going to be doing game planning and coaching Darnold. That's it. Um, you're going to, you have the wide receivers coaches coaching the wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line, all that. They do specific roles. They all sit down for their meetings and uh, install game plans together. If they didn't, there'd be no point of having any of them employed. We know how much owners hate spending money on stuff. You think the owners wouldn't be happy to just say, I'm just going to pay the head coach and that's it? No, these 
and if it's yes men and they're not offering new things to challenging, then that's going to be a problem. It's mind-boggling that people sit there and just be like, well, Gase is calling the plays anywhere anyway, so who cares what he does? And we saw that with people questioning, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy's, uh credentials because he doesn't call the plays in Kansas City. Okay, but he's still involved in the game planning. He's still learning from Andy Reid. He's still doing this. He's not just some guy hanging around getting people coffee. He has a job. He has a role. And how well he does that job and role is going to impact the team. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey, Chris, a couple of quick questions here from one of my favorite people on Twitter, Michael Christopher. Always throwing out fun ideas and interesting questions. He wanted to know what you think about Josh Allen in a 4-3. It seems like he might not be the best fit. I know Joe Bluen and I from TOJ Film Room have talked a bit about this. And also he wanted to know if you think that a corner might be a more valuable pick at that spot than somebody like Josh Allen just based on the fact that Allen might not be an ideal scheme fit. It's, it's clear that he is definitely uh, would be a better fit as a 3-4 linebacker. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say that he couldn't be a 4-3, but I, I definitely have some concerns about that right now. And when I do dig into the tape, that's basically going to be the main thing I'm looking at right now. But I do think that every people in general do get a little too hung up on he runs a 4-3 defense, he runs a 3-4 defense. Most teams are, are pretty multiple nowadays. And then even like, well, yes, we know balls off the three four base, but he was a nickel most of the time. Nickel was basically the base. So the way the game's changed now, like there's so many tweaks and little things you can do. And I don't know, even if uh, Greg Williams is going to be running way more four three than anybody else, that doesn't mean that they can't have uh, packages for Josh Allen in three four. They can't do different things with him. So I'll definitely look into that with. Uh, to see how he would fit there. Uh, as far as the corner, I, I do agree they need to upgrade the corner. If they trade down, I could be for that. My main concern, and this, I know how bad fans need pass rushers, want pass rushers. I've been, every draft for, since I've been covering this team, I've been saying Jets should draft a pass rusher. But they really need to address the offense, too. So, and now three might be too high to take a Jonah Williams also, but they need to protect Darnold. That's the main thing here. They need to put weapons around Darnold. They need offensive line around Darnold. I am definitely usually a best player available thing here, but for going into next season, the goal has to be to do everything to make Darnold a success. And then if that goes right, then you can worry about the rest of the team from there forward. But offense protecting Darnold has to be the focus, in my opinion. To that end, Michael also wanted to know if there are any offensive linemen beyond 
the obvious ones like Jonah Williams that could go in the first round that you think the Jets might be able to steal in the third or fourth. And because of that, let's bring this into the realm of the Senior Bowl. When you tell me about if there are any offensive linemen that you like in the third or fourth potentially, will any of them be playing in the Senior Bowl? Do you have your eye on anybody on the offensive line or really anybody that's going to be playing at the Senior Bowl? Well, if we're going anybody at the Senior Bowl, I think the person who, from what I've seen, has commanded the most uh, attention, the most hype, is Debo Samuel. And he is somebody that I am absolutely in love with. I love him, the receiver. I don't think the Jets will be able to get him, especially unless unless they trade down. He's probably going to be a early second-round pick, mid-second-round pick. So I don't see that. But he is going to be a stud, and I absolutely love that guy. Offensive line, you know, the offensive line can be tricky because, A, there's just, there's five different positions to worry about. There's so many of them. That's that's the uh, going into the draft. That's the position that it this it can be. I I can't sit here and watch film on fourth every fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh round pick of offensive linemen. There's just not enough time in the day for me to do that. And then so many of them aren't going to be good. Or so it's like I tend to watch like people with like round one, two, three grades, and then I figure out the rest after the fact. If, a, if the Jets take somebody, then I'll go back and I'll look at it and give you my assessment then. Um, as, as for the senior bowl is uh, the center from North Carolina State, Bradbury. I really like him. Um, and then right now there's Jonah Williams and there's Greg Little, and those are the only offensive linemen names that really I really know and pop out to me right now is that I'm going to start my tape and dig it in. I'm going to have to hit up Connor Rogers to get him to give me a list of uh, – you know, those those names I should be looking for in, like, the second, third, fourth round to really focus on, because uh, that's what I tend to do, too. I, I tend to look at the people who do this all year round. I I look at the draft way more than a lot of other beat reporters because I love it, but I have to cover the NFL team during the season. So at this point in the year, I look at the people who cover the draft all year round to give me the names to look at. I'll look at that, and then I'll look at it uh, and make my assessment myself. So there you go. The answer is basically to be continued. Chris will have his observations (laughs) later on. But for now, that's what he's got right off the top of his head. We will have more from him throughout the draft process, I'm sure. Chris, last question I wanted to ask you was about the Pro Bowl. I know it's kind of a silly game, but at least this year, the Jets have a couple of legitimate Pro Bowlers. Two of them are on special teams, obviously, Jason Myers and Andre Roberts. But the big one we already talked about because he's made news already in Orlando, and that is Jamal Adams. Do you have any Pro Bowl thoughts beyond the fact that, obviously, Jamal Adams is going to make a great professional wrestler once his career in football is over? (laughs) (laughs) My my, my Pro Bowl thought is I am actually going to watch the Pro Bowl this year for the first time in, like, maybe a decade, like, I haven't watched Pro Bowl at all. I have zero interest in it, and this year, it, I am going to put it on one of my four TVs, it'll be on here, and I'm going to watch one watch solely for Jamal. And it's not even, you know, to watch him play as much, but he is a character. He's, I find him hilarious. I find it super entertaining. They're going to have him mic'd up, I'm sure. He's going to be doing a clowning around on the sideline. And it's going to be fun. And it's going to be funny. And that's going to draw my interest in 
You know, there's so many little things that I think they could do to make the game better, uh, to make it more fan-friendly, and to make the players care more. But we know how the NFL drags their heels on these types of things. But it's, this year, you know, the Jets haven't had a uh, lot of representation in the Pro Bowl over the last couple of years. So now you get Jamal Adams in there, and he's going to be one of the biggest stars there. He's going to put on a show with his personality, and he's going to be out there playing hard. So it's going to actually be enjoyable to watch for the first time in a long time. He covers the Jets for JetsInsider.com. And as I said before, he's the owner of the site now, so he is a VBD. Very big deal. We're going to get those shirts made. Chris Nimbley, thanks so much for coming on, man. For anybody that doesn't know where to find you, why don't you go ahead and let them know. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter at CNimbly, N-I-M-D-L-E-Y, and uh, at JetsInsider.com. And, yeah, like I said, it, it's a little early in draft process, but over these next couple weeks I'm going to really start digging in. And then my plan is to just to be releasing, you know, in a couple weeks after the Super Bowl and everything. And uh, especially after the, that free agency, it's just like every day I'm just going to put out some new draft content here and there uh, to really, you know, there's very few things fans love more than that. Soaking all that in, I need to do some mock drafts this year. And I know how fans eat that stuff up. Yes, yeah. Chris, because if there's one thing the world needs, it's more mock drafts. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've refused to do them for a while, but I but people love them, man. They absolutely love them. And even when I just do like a screen grab of a mock draft I did on like a fan speak simulator, that people react to that stuff so much. So like, all right, it's fun. We're going to have some fun. Let's all have some fun with it. No, listen, I'm obviously kidding around. This is my take on mock drafts. They don't mean anything. And as long as you recognize that when you're doing them or when you're seeing other people do them, it's cool. But they're fun. So if you just use them for fun or to kind of gauge the relative range of where a player might go as opposed to thinking that they're going to go in a specific spot, then more power to you. And I think that our buddy Connor and Matt Miller do a good job of that over at Bleach Report as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you unveil those over the next couple of weeks and months as we head into the draft in late April. In the meantime, check out JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turn on the Jets.com.